Blog Talk Radio. to the Frontier Beyond Fear. I'm Susan Larison-Dance, and today is Saturday, February 3rd, 2024. Today, it is time to return once again to really one of the most important questions of not only this era, but any era, anywhere here on earth, and everywhere else. And that has to do with how we consider what growth actually is. We use the word advancement, and I tend to prefer the word growth for what actually matters. Because in a life and in an entire society, in a species, on a planet, it is spiritual growth that really indicates where we are what our potential is, where we have the opportunity to go. When we get our definitions wrong, everything, everything is skewed. From how we look beyond our world to Everything within our world and indeed the moments of our lives. Growing spiritually in a life and in a society does not imply some perfect definition of what that growth actually signifies. In fact, the, it, the definition itself indicates that what? We are growing. But nurturing that growth is very important. And although we are all having a soul growth and, you know, a quite a an experience here on this planet which no doubt other planets have gone down this road 
It is no more than a lesson. Our goals, our material goals, are not the meaningful ones. The goals that we need to be paying attention to is how are we evaluating actual truth, not just living within some fantasy material paradigm, as quickly as they would project that to us, those of us who have evaluated spiritual research and see the evidence all around us. Spirituality is a label. It is reality. We have been taught to be biased against that. We have been taught that it is a myth, that it is a belief, that it is a fantasy. It's not worth pursuing. It's certainly not worth researching. And that our goals need to be highly technological, industrial, material. When we see where those things have taken us, No sooner do we finish reaping all the resources from this planet, well, we're on to the next. None of this is productive. It may be financially productive for some, but what we are doing is racing headlong into a wall. And I finally have, I think I've surfaced this in more detail before, but today I did surface a very important study that I've been wanting to talk about and I've referred to in passing. This has to do with the Fermi paradox. Now, no matter what you um, observe or believe about um, the UAP phenomenon, in fact, there have even been references to this possibly being interdimensional. In fact, we're going to get into that a little bit, not necessarily extraterrestrial. And We don't even know what's terrestrial. What is in the ocean? There can be material things that are going on. But what we really do observe, and this is the Fermi paradox, is that if if there was so much, and in fact I'm developing this paradox a little bit because the original paradox had an assumption implied within it, which has to do with, and and let me tell the story briefly again, Um, Enrico Fermi, um, the, the physicist, was talking with some colleagues at lunch in 1950, and he basically said, where is everybody? They say something like that. They don't have exactly what he said, but that's how it's traditionally reported. Because where is the evidence of so much highly developed extraterrestrial life? And since that time, we can even observe. We're looking for evidence. We're looking for technological species. We're looking for species that are using technology to generate power or something. You know, there was one they thought they had found, and then they thought, no, that doesn't look right. And even if we actually do have some evidence that there are material advanced, materially advanced species, even if we do, it does not negate that for the most part, and it's even logical, these species do not continue 
on that trajectory. And that's where we bring up this wonderful study that I've been wanting to talk about. Um, this was two scientists who they they wrote an article May 4th, 2022. It was published, and it had to do with the title, Asymptotic Burnout and Homeostatic Awakening, A Possible Solution to the Fermi Paradox. And what these scientists studied, and let me tell you about the background quickly of these scientists. Michael L. Wong, um, he works in the University of Washington's astrobiology program, and he's studying this very topic. He's studying um, planets and aspects of planets. Um, he's looking for the origins of life or for um, um, he's look. He's studying this very. I don't want to get too deeply into his exact research studies, but he is an astrobiologist, which um, is a, is a very relevant field. Um, Stuart Bartlett, who is associated with the California Institute of Technology, um, he has a focus on origins of life as well, and. Um, he has studied thermodynamics, and he's studied how life begins. Both of these authors actually have interesting outreaches. I see Michael Wong. Um, he even has, I'm looking through his listings here. Um, I know I saw it somewhere. Um, he's got a, well, I'll let you find, you can look it up. He's got a podcast that has to do with Star Trek, which I find very interesting. Um, what we learned from Star Trek and what is real science. And um, Stuart Bartlett, I see, has a blog. I have actually, you know, just surfaced these two again because I was actually looking for the study. And um, we'll continue to study what their background is. But the point, and I would like to develop this theory a little bit from the standpoint of spirituality and looking at the Fermi paradox itself. The point of this study was that and this is this is a brief quote that what what is described as one virtually connected global city will face a, and well they call it that and then this city this it's this supposed advanced um and again these are not spiritual people um, so I'm going to look at this from the standpoint of spiritual research. Um, but they they see evidence that they would that such a place would face an asymptotic burnout. So they would, and that this civilization would either collapse from this burnout or do what these researchers call prioritizing homeostasis. And that means they don't care about going out into the cosmos. Now, this is apparently viewed from a materialistic standpoint. So I'm going to use this as a launching point, um, as I have before, considering spiritual growth. And, what, and homeostasis really is an aspect. 
aspect of spiritual growth. That is living in balance with your planet. Um, so you don't, you know, do all the various destructive things that can happen um, when rampant uh, material development is occurring. And we can see evidence of all of that in our world. From a spiritual standpoint, if you reached that balance, that would be an aspect of your spiritual development, but you would not need, here's the wrinkle that I'm introducing, you would not need to give up on expanding outward, reaching outward, because your spiritual development actually guides you to the knowledge and the wisdom and the skills, the um, accessibility consciously of the omnipresent divine being within you and beyond you. And that doesn't mean that you know everything about it. There are levels of awareness. How that works on other worlds, we don't know. But we know that on our planet, there are levels of awareness of the omnipresent divine. So how you would reach out you would have no limitations in reaching out at a particular point. And that's why it's so interesting in some of the UFO hearings, the UAP hearings, we love to use the word UFO, there's been this discussion of interdimensional species. And I would tend to say that you probably couldn't become an interdimensional species unless you had reached some level of spiritual growth. Um, so... Whether you would need anything material at that point, you really wouldn't. And in fact, there was another study which I don't, I don't have here. It was something I had seen that someone had speculated about the Fermi paradox that these um, these beings are so advanced. And I'll find this one again. You know, I'm developing material for an upcoming talk. Um, I'm going to be pulling all these things together. Um, for my first public appearance in person for quite some time, and it's going to be the beginning of a broader outreach, really raising that outreach up again and expanding it, because I've had a very broad outreach in the past in other ways, and this is yet another way. Um, and so there was another theory I had read in an article that the reason we're not seeing these species is that they've developed this advanced AI and they've basically gone to sleep. So they've merged with computers and they don't need to really um, take care of their physical bodies anymore. And they've just kind of gone, gone to sleep. Um, what they're waiting for, I'm not sure. I'd have to read the article, but I guess there's nothing going on on their planet. And, um, you know, they're just in this um, dormant state was the theory. None of this, of course, comes from the standpoint of spiritual research, which is scientific research, the nature of actual reality, not the materialistic fun fundamentalism that is just a paradigm that will pass. Because we've seen enough evidence now, those of us who have studied it, that their only, only refuge of the materialist, the only final refuge of the materialist, will be speculating we're living in some kind of video game or simulated reality. Because as soon as we have evidence of spiritual, um, well, we have evidence, but as soon as that's widespread and obvious to everyone, then, you know, it is 
I had, you know, you have to say if you're looking at all possibilities that there comes a point where that's where the realities clash. That, you know, either we're in some technological simulation, which is what they would speculate it is, that looks like it has spiritual aspects, or we're actually in spiritual reality. Now, what I have often felt is that spirituality itself generates spirituality, um, that we would break free of any such um, essentially materialistic prison, including breaking free of the thought forms that trap us from the very beginning of our education. I remember when I was a young child, I remember asking, although this was technically technological, I think it was second grade that we had a substitute teacher, and I had a question about time travel, and this substitute just snapped at me and said, oh, that's that's just a story, that's science fiction. I think it was second grade, maybe it was third, but I seem to recall I was pretty young, and... Um, Whenever it was, maybe it was fourth, I don't know. Whatever grade it was, seems a little advanced for second, I would say, that we'd even be having that conversation. But, you know, that's what they do. This isn't research. This isn't interest in actually exploring reality. It is simply, um, um, well, it's a, it's a form of blindness, really. It's like having blindfolds on and not having any interest in hearing about anything else. But that's what fundamentalism is. It's when you're so stuck in some misguided, um, some very strict way of thinking that doesn't, um, with no, with no um, opportunity to consider or question in any way beyond that. You can question within it maybe, although some, some fundamentalism doesn't even allow that. Um, but those ways of thinking are not helping us. They don't help us in our lives, and they don't help us in our world. And it's time for us to take the next step, and spirituality itself will help us. The study that I refer to by Wong and Bartlett is also a warning. But this is a warning we know about. We've grown up with this. We know just how um, vulnerable we are as a technological species. In fact, many would contend that it would have been better, but we're having a social growth experience here, if we'd never gone down that path at all and the earth would still be pristine and one could hope if we really had true spiritual growth, we would have released fear-based forms of spirituality and found our way truly forward. How does this relate to AI? Well, it has everything to do with AI. We've already talked about how so quickly we inject as a goal this notion of merging with computers, and yeah, just this isn't to say that there aren't some really cool things that could happen. You know, a paraplegic could walk. The blind could see in a material way. There's every technological industrial development. It carries gifts. Yes, of course. 
However, there are also risks. Um, I contend that you could never confine or even capture true consciousness or a soul. So this notion that we could somehow get trapped within a computer, given that spirituality um, is real, that just couldn't happen. Because how can you even consider what consciousness is or even what so-called intelligence is if you can't even define the terms accurately, we are defining consciousness totally in a material way. Oh, it's just, you know, the brain and how it functions. No reference to the soul, not even a consideration of the heart's role, which a lot of people have studied as well. No, none of that. And there's a lot of evidence of that, too. You know, the thing where somebody has a heart transplant and then suddenly they want to eat the food. They suddenly have a taste for food like the, the person whose heart it was or even, you know, other other tastes, um, other preferences. There's something going on with the heart. Now, one could say, oh, well, that's physical too. Sure, we are in a physical reality here, but we're also in a spiritual reality. We are aspects of the omnipresent divine having a human experience. I had the opportunity because I was in the right place at the right time more than once. In fact, I was almost in the right place at the right time to to be developing the first widely used web web browser. I came very close to being on that project, which is almost nobody talks about accurately because I was there at the beginning and I knew that they were looking for people to work on this. It wasn't just one person or two people. It was a team and I knew people. I certainly knew um, a friend of mine who was on the team and I could have been on that team, but I wasn't supposed to on a spiritual level. I worked on something else which actually was related to AI without being um, formally defined that way. But my, at my real experience in AI came much earlier than graduate school, where I worked on one of the first language models. And I was told, come up with a conceptual model for the world. And there was no real textbook. I mean, yes, I know others were no doubt working on this. And I was told, you know, look to linguistics. And I did, and I went up to the university. This was during a summer, and I had a job offer doing this, um, but I didn't take it. I could have been really involved in this. Um, and it was about defining your terms. How can you model reality if you do not have an accurate definition? Garbage in, garbage out as we say in the computer science world. Now, I'm not saying my model, um, I can't even remember anymore um, what it included exactly. I certainly wasn't a strict materialist at that age. I've never been a strict materialist, so I wouldn't have been thinking that way. But this was at the very beginning of modeling. In any case, When you think about AI and all of the information, even now that it's, you know, um, retrieving for us, how many times, in fact, I was just seeing some evidence of this, you know, that it's not, it's not accurate. 
It's basing its information on who knows what. Um, how do we know that the knowledge bases are even close to true? Garbage in, garbage out. We haven't even come to terms as human beings with what is true, let alone feeding that to AI. Now, AI is fully capable of analyzing data. In fact, from a spiritual standpoint, it could surface more evidence of spiritual reality. But it would also have to say in parallel that there could be this could be evidence of some kind of simulation. You see, if that's the limitation of your thinking, and I'm not saying that we can, you know, you really can't rule that out except with faith because it could simulate spirituality too. Um but it's a limitation to impose that as the only possibility if we see evidence of spiritual concepts. AI is ultimately about defining your terms, defining your knowledge base, defining what consciousness is, if you don't have that correct, you're not going to be simulating anything, not anything accurately. We've been racing down a path as a species, racing, racing, racing. Material gain has had a lot to do with it. Also, the conflicts that we're in and you know, developing some new way to um, protect oneself, survival. We're in a very dark place in that perspective. But there is light in this world. There isn't just darkness. We need to get out of that race and go into the real one, which actually Wong and Bartlett surfaced. That's the race to balance that's the race to balance in our lives and in our world. Balance. Balance and growth in productive ways. Truly productive ways. Yes, empathic ways, compassionate ways. Believe me, if you encountered some extraterrestrial species that was not exhibiting that kind of so-called advancement, that is not an advanced species. That is a misguided species. Spirituality is the key. I'm coming close to the end of the live show, so I do want to provide just a little bit of information because I will be speaking here. I'm very spontaneously speaking here today. I planned this show. I thought, okay, well, let's start doing some more of these episodes leading in to my upcoming speaking appearance at the New Living Expo um, in the San Francisco area in San Rafael. That's coming up April 19th through 21st. And if you go to FrontierBeyondFear.com, you can click on the image there, and that will take you to the paid event. 
which I would really appreciate those of you coming and you're following this show to support this outreach. Yes, I would love to have you at the paid event, and it's only $28 for the basic ticket. And I guess the VIP ticket has other benefits at the expo itself, which you can look at on their page. But if you can't come to the paid event, which is Saturday, um, April 20th at 5 p.m., then I invite you to come to one of my free events. And all of these involve buying expo admission to get in. Um, Friday night at 7 p.m., I'll be doing a talk on Our Leap Beyond AI, Spiritual Breakthroughs. And the Saturday event is a co-presented event with Jean Manning, and she's looking at, um, you know, expansive ways of thinking about energy. We're both looking at what role intuitive leaps play in any research, which goes beyond our current um, way of thinking about intelligence. Saturday or Sunday night at 5 p.m. at the Expo is a free panel um, about breakthrough science, freeing the truth to save the earth. And that means being honest with ourselves. And there will be all different perspectives. We're not all going to be on exactly the same page. That's what a panel's like. Um, and that's what this show has been like over time. But it's an opportunity for people to share their perspectives on where we're not even researching the things that truly matter. So thank you, live show people. Um, go to FrontierBeyondFear.com. There's also on the show page today um, a Gaia link to help support the show. Um, if that is of interest to you, I invite you to go to that link. Um, so thank you for being here today if you're here live. Those of you listening across time, um, I appreciate you being here as well. You are as present here with me um, in the podcast energetically as those who were with me live. Now everyone's in the recorded podcast as we go into overtime just for a few minutes. I'm not going to go too over, too far over today. We need, whether in a life or in a world, we need to consider our definitions. Garbage in, garbage out. If we are not working with a helpful definition in our lives or in our world, then we're not going to be productive in the ways that we truly seek, or certainly not as rapidly. I mean, yes, part of growth is regressing at times and then going forward and learning the lessons. That's all a part of it. But we need to keep moving forward. If humanity somehow doesn't manage to survive with all this conflict going on in the world, it's a very, um, very vulnerable time. And I know that many of you may live in places that are, because um, this is a worldwide audience, some of you are in places where you face some real difficulties every day. And even in the United States, I mean, there are many struggles going on. And heck, in the nuclear era, anything could happen at any time. I, on a spiritual level, believe that it's not random. I did a show that, that you know, Things are not random. 
So I believe we're going to get through this. But if it was our path not to, if we were just going to be a soul growth lesson in what some call the Akash, in that memory bank of the entire multiverse where our lives, our society, the lessons from them, we're all learning together. We are the omnipresent divine having this experience. We are creation in motion, which means we learn and learn and learn and expand. We expand ways that love can be. And there are so many difficult questions around this as to why there is the darkness. Why? Why? The darkness cannot necessarily diminish the omnipresent divine, which is light. Everything must ultimately resolve to that light. And the only reason that the darkness can exist is because we're not puppets and there are free choices here. And we need to learn and grow through it all. And we put ourselves in this situation as souls. That's the only answer that makes sense to me. It's a theory. It's a belief. There can be beliefs along with researching things. And you can research some pretty interesting things related to non-material reality, without a doubt. And people do. And I've done it too. Not as formally as I would like, although I'm considering that. To add some something more to my work here. But I've stumbled upon things that cannot be explained and they have evidence. I mean, it's just as solid as solid can be. And no material way of of looking at it explains it, except again that ever-present simulation theory. But that doesn't mean it's true. That's just one possibility. And we can break through that Nothing can trap us. It's as if the concept itself of spirituality creates it. So, I think I'm going to draw to a close now. Thank you again for being here. I should be here next week. This show normally airs live. Saturdays at 1 p.m. Pacific, 4 p.m. Eastern Time on Blog Talk Radio. FrontierBeyondFear.com is the main site, and it's on multiple syndicated platforms as well. iHeartRadio, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and you can find those links um, at FrontierBeyondFear.com. Thank you for being here. I hope to see you in person, and I think I failed to mention that I'll also be at a booth. Booth number 25 is now fully confirmed, Um, and um, I'll be there whenever I'm not speaking in and out at that booth, but I would love to meet you and talk with you there. If you are a media person, if you do a podcast, I'm now, as we're leading into this event, looking um, opening up to that idea to to talk with people on their podcast, both before this event and after, because this is just the beginning. Um, also want to draw your attention to a site I've owned for years, 
ufodisclosed.com. It has several partner sites, um, and I'm going to be talking more and more about focusing on the spiritual aspects of extraterrestrial research in an authentic and honest way and how important that is. Now, we don't know, you know, these from the strictest level. We're expanding beyond the terms there um, but um, because I don't get stuck. In fact, right on the site it says beyond the nuts and bolts because I don't get stuck in that. It's kind of a, a launching point, once again, for this discussion that we need to be honest about how we are thinking about the possibilities for extraterrestrial life and what is truly advanced and what isn't. I'm also developing the new site, our leapbeyondai.com, which is the same as the title of my, as my free talk at the New Living Expo, and that will be richly developed over time. I have a lot of writing and different things to do. I'm just trying to get myself organized to do it, and I also have my other work that I do within the spiritual community as I'm supporting some people who will be at the expo with me, their communications outreach. So, okay, thank you again for being here, and I hope to see you next time. Take care, everyone.